What's up, podcast friends? This episode is really cool and very different because I am actually the one behind the interview. I am getting interviewed by Chris from Greatest Possible Self, and he is asking me all things from how I started my business, what I really got started in, and how I was able to transition that into monetization and getting clients. So this episode is awesome. It is almost an hour long, so be sure to get your notebook out, get your pen, get ready to take some epic notes. I'm so excited for you to hear the backstory of my journey. And as always, if you love it, go ahead, screenshot this episode, share it on your Instagram story and tag me at Christy Lee Berry so that I can see who else is listening to this podcast alongside with me every single day. And I'm going to give you a large shout out of energy and she's traveling the world freeing people from their nine to five jobs. And she's going to share with you how you can do that. It's going to be a blast to be able to create your reality. That's exactly what you're going to get over the next hour. So make sure you stick around because Christy is going to be sharing the gold. And I believe that in one single moment, one idea has the power to change and transform your life. So make sure you stick around. Make sure you're listening and you stay all the way through to the end because she's going to rock it. Now, let's introduce this powerhouse woman and then we'll bring her on the screen and on the show. Christy is a social media consultant for bloggers, brands, and entrepreneurs. Six months ago, she left her nine to five job and started her own consulting business. She now works with clients who are eager to build their own brands via social media, which in turn helps them live the life of their dreams. Her social media journey began as a travel blogger where she worked with five-star hotels around the world and some of her favorite brands. As her knowledge for blogging and entrepreneurship grew, she quickly transitioned into consulting on social media. Christy now shares her personal knowledge with bloggers, brands, and entrepreneurs eager to grow their social channels and break free from their 9 to 5 to create the life of their dreams. And we're blessed to have her here with us today. Christy, are you ready to rock this? Woohoo, always. Yes, awesome. We're rocking it. You're live on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. Thank you so much for coming on today to share your wisdom with us and our audience. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Awesome, awesome. So let's dive right into the question of the day, which is a purpose worth dying for or living for, whichever way you want to look at it. You know, like something that's so worthy that you'd you'd be willing to give everything for it. How has this concept of having a purpose like that or a cause like that or knowing about this this pull, this drive to, to leave a legacy, to live purposefully, how has that impacted your life, Christy? Oh my goodness, completely. Um, honestly, you could ask any of my friends and family. I just think that if you have that purpose within you, it is so evident. Mm. Um, having a purpose to live for too, or die for, like you were saying, either way. Right. Um, it's huge. Like you want to live for something larger than yourself. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you can leave something not only for you, but for other people and mm. to make sure that you're passing along a message that you really care about. So, um, like for me, uh, I know we talked about this over the phone, but my purpose is really just to create a life with your dreams, but also while I'm doing that, like be an inspiration to other people. And I personally think of it as like a ripple effect. Like you throw a stone in the pool and you're the stone and it's just a ripple effect throughout all the people that you touch and you speak to. 
So beautiful. So it's like to create that life of your dreams, that's your purpose and that's what you're empowering people to do by leaving their nine to five jobs, by creating their, their entrepreneur career and journey and like launching into that or succeeding in that. And that's something that's your purpose that you, you like are so fulfilled by and you're, you're giving your life to that. You're, you're exchanging quote unquote your, your life force for being able to do that and create that impact in people's lives. Yeah, and it also goes more beyond like, oh, create the life of your dreams. It kind of seems a little fluffy and, oh, that's cool, like great, great idea, kind of something you read about, maybe fairy tales, but it really comes down to, I love when I can talk to someone and I'm like, what do you want to do? What do Mm. you see yourself doing in the future? And then I can go down like this huge road. I actually had a conversation with that, um, about that with someone at my old job and he's like, stop getting me to think about all of this, like. I'm in a safe place right now, and that lit me up because he literally, not in a mad way, but he's like, don't ask me this because then it gets him going about what he really wants to do, and I'm like, that's the point. Right. (laughs) You need to know what you want, and you need to start working towards it. If you have something that you want to do and you're not doing it right now, like, what's stopping you? Wow. So amazing. That's incredible. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your response and what you're doing today. It's it's really, really inspiring. I love seeing people who do that, who help people say, hey, what's your dream? How are you going to achieve it? How are you going to you know, go out there and accomplish that? And I'm sure things weren't always this awesome when you're out empowering people and inspiring them and lifting them up and you know, having a brand that like just calls people into action, into being their best self. So let's go back into that journey where you, where you had to overcome those obstacles and you were working your own nine-to-fives and stuff like that that you weren't fulfilled in. And talk to us about how you gained wisdom, how you had challenging moments, and how you overcame those. Yeah, wow. All right. So I'm going to start at the beginning. It's been a long journey, but as it is for anyone, um, there's always ups and downs, peaks and valleys. And for me, it really started actually when the whole process of college uh, Mm -hmm. became a factor in life. And I grew up in in Fairfield County, so Mm -hmm. on the East Coast. And it's just, you know, go to college, job, commute, etc. And Something in me just shifted when I had to start applying for colleges and my mom ended up buying like gap year videos and things like that. So she's like, oh, like, I don't know where I want to go. And not that I didn't care, but I wasn't motivated. Mm. And long story short, I ended up going to college, but then the same thing happened four years later when I had to go out into the real world to get right. this job. Mm-hmm. And I like churning in my stomach again where I was like, not really what I want, but I know it's what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so there was a lot of struggle moments. So then I ended up getting a job and it was a job that really targeted recent graduates and just all this like fun and games. And, you know, there's Red Bull flip cup at 4 PM every day. And I'm like, so much fun. Um, no, (laughs) that is where my struggle, um, I think really started because Mm -hmm. I was so unhappy. Like my friends noticed it and I was always this upbeat person who was like, Oh, let's go. Let's go have a good time. If something was bad, I was the one to make it make like the best out of it. And And I was miserable. Like I was unhappy. I was crying at home. My parents were like, I've never seen you like this. Um, fast forward, I, then I leave that job, I get another job, then I get another job, 
And then I actually went to grad school to get my master's degree. So I have my master's in teaching. And I love that. And that was the first time I felt like I was on the road to where I am now. Mm. Because I finally listened to something I wanted to do, which was going and being a teacher. And the second I finally took that road, I found something else that I loved more. So it was, I tell people, it's like, while I was chasing a dream, I found a bigger dream. Yes. And so the second you just take a step back and can listen to what your gut and intuition is telling you, I just think like your world can completely shift. So powerful. So you were at this place of deciding what college am I going to go to? And you're like hesitating. You're like, not sure. You end up choosing a college. You go for four years, you graduate and you're like, okay, now what? I need to get a job. And so you thought that this one particular job would be fun and exciting. And it ends up being one of the most miserable, challenging, difficult experiences of your life. And then you end up saying, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going to move on. And, and you went to a couple different jobs and did grad school and like through that, you found your, your purpose or your love of teaching, so to speak. So when did you start doing the traveling? When did that start coming into play? So going backtracking a little, um, when I was looking for colleges, my mom laughed all the time because when I went to go visit all these colleges, hence I didn't really care about college, my only question I ever asked at any college was, do you have study abroad and where are your programs? <laughs> so normally that's not the only question a kid would ask at a college, but right. that, that's literally like, I'm not even being exaggerating. That's the only question I asked. And so I studied abroad my sophomore year, which is actually younger than most, uh, study abroad program, mm-hmm. but I was just ready. And I have always loved traveling, but when I came back, something's just always different after you live abroad and you mm-hmm. do things by yourself for so long. And honestly, since then, I just had this lust for travel. Wow. So you you started traveling then. When did you convert it into a business? It's been slowly happening over the last, I would say, two years. So Mm -hmm. I landed a first hotel collaboration a year and a half ago. How does that happen? (laughs) This goes into my whole, like, personal branding. It's huge right now. But it's you have to believe in yourself and you need to put yourself out there. So a lot of people come to me with, I do a lot of Instagram coaching and they'll come to me being like, Hey Christy, how can I land hotel deals? How can I land brand deals? How can I get paid to monetize my Instagram? And you have to put yourself out there. So I tell everyone in my first collaboration, I was the one who reached out to them and they were like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Come on over. I was right on Huntington beach, my favorite place in the world in California. And I, they free food, free drinks, like, and it was all for something that I loved. I was taking pictures for their hotel. Mm. And then in return, obviously I would post on my Instagram, but I was going to do that anyways. Nice. So it really aligns with doing something that you love and making it happen for yourself. So in that, in that first quote unquote deal that you did, like what, what did you know to look out for? And maybe what did you not know to look out for that you may have learned along the journey? Honestly, it was the first one, so I probably knew nothing. <laughs> um, but 
but looking back, I've learned a lot along the way. So I will just say for any travel lifestyle, honestly, any bloggers out there who are listening to this or entrepreneurs who are looking to land hotel collaborations, um, you want to state upfront what you're looking for. So at first I was just like, oh my gosh, great, a free stay. How amazing. And as I've gone down this road, I've learned to talk about, okay, um, what's included, what's covered, what is, what else is happening instead of just like, oh, let me fly there. And then I'm just sleeping there and you kind of figure it out from there. I've learned to be a lot more explicit when I'm talking to them. So yeah, that's something that I totally learned. And that goes with, I mean, making my own contracts. I know what to put in, what to include and things like that. And I will say just because you mentioned something that I've learned, um, which is similar. This is for brands. I actually worked with this brand who was not in alignment with what I do. And it was really challenging and just something felt so off. Mm -hmm. So I would just recommend to anyone looking for hotels or collaborations with anyone to make sure that it aligns with what you're doing. Because if you post something that's not your genuine authentic self on your social channels, people are going to be like, what is this? And then kind of, you're going to be like discredited. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Great, great wisdom and advice. I love it. I love it. So you started doing this, this travel blogging and at what point did you say, okay, I've been doing this travel blogging and I'm going to trans transform this passion of mine into like a business where I help other people do what they want and get what they want and start their own business. Like how did that come about? Yeah. So that happened, I would say maybe eight months into the whole journey. So I realized while I was traveling, the main question that I get is how do you do this? How are you working with hotels? How are you traveling? How are you monetizing your Instagram or your social channels? And I heard this advice from someone once where it was like, if you don't know what you have to offer the world, think about the most asked question that you get. Um, and I, that has stuck with me through the years. And that is something that I took into consideration when I was like, Hey, hundreds of men and women are asking how they can do what I'm doing. I think there's a market for that. Totally. Totally. That's powerful. So like really knowing what, what do people come to you for, right? Like, like if people ask you for advice on certain things or they want your opinion on, on certain things, maybe it's sports, maybe it's, you know, fitness, maybe it is traveling, maybe it's whatever that is, writing books, um, then just be aware of like, what are people coming to me for? And that's the very first place to start looking if people are completely lost on like, how do I start building a business and, and free myself of a, of a job kind of thing. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole beginning part too, because like I was saying in the beginning, the whole creating your dream, that's, a, that's fluffy. Mm-hmm. So you need to get down to the nitty gritty and really visualize what you see yourself doing. Mm-hmm. And just giving an example, I was actually with a girl the other day and she was telling me how she really doesn't like her job and she, etc., wants to do something different. And I asked her the question, I was like, okay, so what do a lot of people come to you for? And she said, fashion. And her blog isn't mainly fashion geared. And I was like, most of the people you are talking to are asking you about this. If you can target that audience, then that's what you should go for. So it really, I know that's fashion and different alleyway, but... You really need to focus on what people are asking you and what they're 
seeking you out for in the beginning before you're even monetizing. Mm, powerful. So it's like being able to articulate it and seeing, hey, can I build up a, a track record of this? Like having a message and knowing like they, she was like out there demonstrating that there's a, a need and a want for this. So she got that like evidence that says, hey, you know, you can really focus in on this, own in on this and make a business out of it, a sustainable business out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And being super niche is amazing because while, yeah, you might repel a lot of people, but you're attracting the total right people. And that's yeah. really what business is. You want to yeah. repel the people who aren't your target client. Yeah. Yeah. So is, in terms of like getting the started, being able to leave the nine to five job, that's, it, I think these are some really great questions to start with. Like, Hey, what's, what do I start a business on? What are, what are people coming to me for? How do I articulate the message? Is there an actual need in the marketplace for it? Can I, can I niche down and, and do that kind of thing? So like once we're getting into that arena, it sounds like the foundation, what do we, what do we really need to know about the foundation of starting one of these, these businesses and being able to, to leave that nine to five job? Is there anything else in terms of foundation? foundational wisdom and knowledge we need to know? So I know I this was embedded into a lot that we were talking about, but understanding your why you're doing something is crucial. And honestly, that's a game that I'm still playing with myself at times. Mm -hmm. um, but really understanding why you're doing it and or who you're doing it for, whether it's for yourself or your parents or you really want to just prove something. Right. You need to feel it so strongly that you are willing to almost give up everything. And if you put all, like, I just personally believe if you put all your energy into something, yes, there'll be ups and downs, but if you keep trying, like, you're going to succeed. You have to. If you, if you, I mean, that's the main reason I personally think, and I've talked to a lot of people, why people fail or they don't achieve their goals is because they've tried one, mm -hmm. two, three, five times, but they don't get to that 10th time where they could have actually succeeded. So if you are looking to leave your nine to five or whatever job that you're in, I wouldn't say leave your job if you are contemplating something or if you're kind of like, oh, maybe that would seem like a cool idea. I just want to work on myself. Like you have to feel it within you that it is something that will happen. Like you have to see it in your mind to formulate it. What do you, what do you think about people who are, like, I'm sick and tired of my job, so I'm going to start this entrepreneurship thing. <laughs> like, just like they, they're like, hey, I'm done with this, so let's do it. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but, you know, like, what's your advice to those people? Well, so I would say, I mean, money is always a factor. So if they have the money and they can do that, amazing for you. But that that's not 75% of the world or <laughs> more percent. Right. And I personally would always suggest starting it as – I guess the word side hustle. Mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of Gary Vee and I actually enjoy how instead of the word hustle, he called it work ethic because it is true. Mm. We've gotten really surrounded by this word hustle. Are you hustling? It's like, no, I'm working. I'm working my butt off to get what I want. Right. And you, I think it, if it's a side hustle or extra work that you're putting into, then you can test the waters and see if your market's out there, if you are reaching people because you wouldn't really want to leave your full-time job if there were crickets kind right. of out there. But you can, I mean, start building stuff up on the side. And if you get even, say you catch something so small on your hook, mm. you know there's something. You don't need to have, like, all the funds set up. You don't, I mean, I always say take the leap before you see the ground. 
You have to. You're not always going to know what's ahead. <laughs> right, right. And I think it's like, it's it's de it depends on where people are at in terms of their like self um, like self care and and you know how they feel about themselves you know their self image self esteem like if you feel really really great then at your job then you know keep building the, the entrepreneur thing on the side till your part time income replaces your full time income you know but if it's something like you are you're desperate or hungry to get out of and, and start a new path then really like take that leap and, and trust that you're going to land where you're supposed to land and develop the skills that you're supposed to develop develop and then just make sure you're getting the right support that you need like from Christy who can help you take those steps who can help you formate formulate a plan and really achieve your goals rather than like falling flat on your face <laughs> and going just I want to build off of one thing that you said yeah um, you said like if someone was really unhappy at their job and they were just super eager to leave and that is totally fine and completely normal and there's ways around that as well. So I've been talking to a lot of my clients who are like, oh, I really want to leave my job, like literally despise it right. and it almost that can affect what you put out into the world totally. and what you receive yeah. and if it's affecting you to the point where you're not your regular self, you can't really focus on things that you love. I would recommend like leaving your job, but there's other jobs. Like you can work in a restaurant. You could find part-time work. You can work online. There's ways to substitute having that full-time job with other jobs on the side. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, as long as I think the big thing to always remember is your purpose, so to speak, the big vision, the big why of your life, it will always be there and you'll always be refining it and clarifying it. So like on the journey of growth, just trust that like, you know, the right steps are going to come up at the right time. And if you have to go from one job to another job, but like hopefully you'll be less miserable or less, you know, yeah. hating life or whatever, then that's a good step. That's a positive direction. And if it's something from a high, higher pay grade to a lower pay grade, but you get more freedom, then that's also valuable as well because your time is worth like so much and, and you get to create your, your business. And I would say that it's also a motivating factor if you knew that at one time you made 70K and now you're at like 40K and like, I want to get back to that 70k and more so that's like something that can also inspire you on that journey i agree um have you read the book the essentialist no i haven't okay one of my favorite reads that i've read and it really is just about honing in on what you really need mm. and this i'm bringing this up because you were mentioning the motivation of reaching your old like 70k or something mm. like that so this book, there was a whole part of about only taking what you really, really need. So if a job doesn't meet the salary that you want, don't take it. I'm going to give a personal example. So a few months ago, I was in a little bit of a rough spot, like obviously just left my job and things were taking off, but here and there, you know, I was a little airplane going back and forth. <laughs> and, and I went on this interview um, with a retail company mm -hmm. and they ended up offering me a job and it was more than minimum wage, but it was like, you know, no. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and I would have had to work like black Fridays and things like that and give up certain time that I didn't want to give up because it was my family time or friends with, or time with friends. And so I said, no, fast forward two weeks ahead. I'm now projected to like, 
2.5 times my old salary. Wow. And I literally would not have been able to do that if I took this retail job. Wow. And so it was a little painful to be like, no, I don't need your money. Mm. But I do. Um, but better things come in. How do you, how do people like trust that that's going to happen? How do they have faith for that? So I actually wrote this in my notes to talk about on here. Um, but it really is like overcoming yourself and the fears that you have. It really is just faith, but it definitely comes from a lot of inner work too. So, um, it definitely is hard. But just you have, like, the positive mentality, the believing, positive affirmations, whatever you're doing to stay positive, just continue to do it. Mm. Maybe even, so something I would recommend is set yourself a timeline. And if you really need income by X date and nothing has happened between those X amount of weeks, be like, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get a part-time job to subsidize Mm. that income. But I'm still willing to continue doing what I'm doing on the side. Yeah, that's powerful. So it's like set specific, um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a time, a date that you have to produce certain results by. You know, it's like it, it's a do or die. It's a sink or swim. It's a, hey, I either did it or I didn't. And here's what will happen. It's a fork in the road kind of thing. Like if I made it, then cool, let's keep going on it. If I didn't, then I get to take actions to support and sustain myself and take care of myself and make sure that, you know, things keep going well and I, I i am sustainable and i would just say never change your goals you can just always change the way that you get there mm. say so, more about that okay so i i'm a big quote person if you can't tell but i love them and i genuinely live by them i have a quote book i print out all my favorite quotes and i put them in there but going back to you i would never recommend changing your goals i would just change the way you get there is if you're if you have a goal and you have a dream, keep it. Don't throw it out. Don't get rid of it. But there's so many different ways to achieve your goal. Mm-hmm. My One of my favorite analogies is I ran a marathon. Don't know how. But marathon. the marathon is your goal. Finishing the marathon is your goal. But there are 26 water stops on your way to get to the finish line of the marathon. You're going to have water stops. Your water stop might be working a part-time job. Your water stop might be putting in the 10 extra hours a day that you need to work, five extra hours. There's just going to be different parts that you're going to have to change, tweak. Um, You might have to stop completely and make, you can't continue running while you're drinking your water, but you're going to get to that finish line. You're going to get to your goal. There's just going to be different ways and different people do them different ways. So always just stay in your own lane. Don't compare yourself to other people. Write your goal down. Hang it up. Visualize it. Put it as a screensaver on your phone. That's a great one. And look at it every day and remind yourself that you are capable of achieving your goal and you can. There's just going to be different ways for you to get there. How do you feel – how do do you avoid comparing yourself to others – when you are studying and role modeling certain people, let's say especially social media, like you're studying certain social media accounts, why they do what they do, how they do what they do, and to not compare ourselves, how do we how do we take the comparison out of modeling modeling success? Yes, yeah, so I know that can be tricky, and something that 
I actually personally have done is I've gone through and I've unfollowed people who I genuinely love and inspire mm. and they inspire me, but it's gotten to the point where we're so similar that mm. sometimes I'll hear something and it triggers an idea inside of me, but I just need my own ideas, need to be in my own mm. head. Wow. And I've done so much research in the past, like note notebooks full. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm sure so many people have. So we already have so much knowledge in our brains that we can use and we can give to people. Right. And I would just recommend to remind yourself that you know what you're doing and you know how to achieve your dream, not how to achieve your dream, but you know, lost it. Bear with me. It's right there. (laughs) Okay. So, and yet, you, maybe you need to hide someone on social media just for a few days, but mm. making sure that you're staying with yourself, and it is hard on social media because it is such a comparison game. You get into those likes. How many likes am I getting? How many comments am I getting? And comparing with other people. But I think it's important to maintain what you're doing and why you're doing it mm. instead of getting caught up in how many likes because that's metrics. That's not research on how someone is doing well, you're looking at their success. Mm. So you're not looking at their how, you're looking at their what. Mm. And that's not a way to benefit you. Mm. So if you look at people's, how someone is successful, how they worded their stories, how they're speaking in their stories. I'm just using Instagram as an example, but... Look at their how, not their metrics or their what, because you can't. It's detrimental. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like to be able to create our own flavor, our own message, we almost have to go within. You know, it's like, okay, so there's other stuff that's going on, and maybe we look at it for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, but that's not the majority of our time. We spend the majority of our time cultivating ourselves. What's my message? What does my audience want to hear? What does my perfect client want to hear? Um, so I'm curious, how does how does the transference of someone being a follower or being on, you know, on Instagram or whatever it might be, and these people are liking and commenting, how do you transfer that into a client? So something huge I would totally recommend, this goes into how to make them a client, Um, email lists are huge. So I'm sure that everyone knows this, but we do not own our Instagram followers and the Instagram algorithm is changing every day. And one day Instagram, you could wake up and it could be gone. So a key way to translate your followers into sales or into customers would be to, um, I don't want to use the word funnel because that's like official. But to get them on your email list, mm-hmm. or you can easily do this by a call to action in your bio, I would completely do that. I would always have that. If you are someone who is running any sort of business and you're looking for sales, you need a call to action in your bio. Yeah. You need to say, um, I have an awesome cheat. Um, for me, I would say, Instagram cheat sheet below. Then they would click that, have to put in their email, then they would get a cheat sheet. So that's a huge way, but maintaining your community engagement. I love that word, community engagement. I do set a timer for myself on Instagram because mm. I don't want to be on there a lot. Right. 
And I like to have a 90-10 create-consume ratio. Right. So that's huge for me. But making sure that you are totally utilizing that time on Instagram, useful. Like, you honestly shouldn't just be scrolling through, oh, lovely day, beautiful picture in the leaves. If you want to create engagement, you need to be commenting on these people. Strategic, yeah. Yeah, it's very strategic. Like, you need to just have a plan, and everything that you do should be strategic. A huge thing I would recommend is anyone who comments on your picture and likes your picture, you should honestly be following them because that's going to help create such a larger community. Mm. I like to give people my personal examples and times that I've failed. Uh, I would say maybe a year ago, I was doing this. I was just unfollowing a lot of people because I was like, oh, I want my number to be lower of mm. the amount of people that I'm following. Uh, my community engagement plummeted. Wow. And yeah, so that's so important. But my my followers increased, but my community went down. Mm. So numbers are really just an external form of success. Mm. You want to create that community. So um, getting them off of Instagram is huge. And if you can get whoever you get off of Instagram is going to be a loyal client or is going to be a loyal customer. Wow. So that's powerful. Powerful. You got to do a call to action to get them off of Instagram. And you mentioned the 90, 10 create consume ratio and like to, to be more so a creator rather than a consumer content generator, content creator. I love that. And then like community engagement, really keeping that alive. If someone, would you say like, cause I mean, it might be a little bit overkill or too difficult to message, let's say, everyone who, who likes a photo, right? Like, like it, that, that seems a little ridiculous, but like what, what is um, reasonable for who we comment or, and, and who we especially DM and have private conversations with? Like how do we know who to do that with? Yeah, of course. So anyone who comments on your picture, you need to go immediately over to their profile mm-hmm. and – Comment, like, I actually call this, I'm giving you guys my secret, but hope you love it. Okay, I call it my top five. Uh And so the top five, meaning the five most recent posts on someone's Instagram Mm -hmm. are gold. Mm -hmm. You need to like all five of those pictures and comment on the most recent one. Mm -hmm. The reason I say comment on the most recent one is because that's the one that they're caring about and that's the metrics that they're tracking. So Mm -hmm. I personally... um, I've been doing this more recently just for community purposes, but I don't, you don't see everyone who likes your picture. You see people who comment. So if right. you want to connect with someone, you need to be commenting on their, um, on their pictures and mm. something else. When you talk about sending people DMs, I do think that is a little bit difficult, especially your followers when they increase, but something that's so easy and another secret, but so many people don't do this. And it's so easy. The people who are utilizing their Instagram stories, Mm. watch it, respond to the story. That's a DM. You're going to boost up on the Instagram algorithm. And it's such an easy way. You're, you're sliding into their DM, (laughs) but you're just responding. And it's a genuine conversation. Like someone could literally just be posting a a video of their dog. I will respond genuinely because I love dogs. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a cutie. Hope you're having a good day. Mm. And done. Awesome. You're in their DM. Algorithm is boosting you up. Mm. It's awesome. And it's a win-win for everyone. Uh, So as far as 
mastering our own stories, can we, is it, is it, would you also recommend that we tag other people in our stories so that they see our stories and we're giving shout outs to people? Like, is that a important strategy, not as important as commenting on their um, stories? So I actually love the idea of shouting people out in stories. I think, especially if you have a podcast or if you are trying to form engagement on one of your most recent posts. Like if you ask people to comment on a recent post, I would share your favorite comment. Mm-hmm. If someone shouts your podcast out, share your, share the shout out. Yeah. Like Thank you so much for listening. I love knowing that you're alongside of me on this journey. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And something you can do too that I've done is you can make a community highlight. So the highlights are these stories that stay on top of your profile. Mm-hmm. And I call mine my, my vibe tribe. They're like my tribe, my, that vibes, you know, <laughs> like a little unicorn, just because I think all my people are unicorns and awesome. <laughs> but seriously, because then they're all going to be at the top of my stories. And I tell them, I'm like, hey, if you leave a genuine comment, I'm going to shout you out. And then I'm putting you in my tribe vibe. Mm. And that's just how it works. So I create this community. You can go through and there's like, tens of people in there that that have shouted me out I've shared I've just maybe commented something I thought was funny Mm -hmm. and we're all just in that highlight together yeah powerful I love it I love it so we shared a lot about Instagram which I think is super valuable we have a lot of influencers and solopreneurs and entrepreneurs who are tuning into the show as well for who want to grow their brand who want to expand their brand is there anything else that you really recommend about building a brand as a, a key or a secret or something that's super important to know about? Yeah, so something that's funny, and I'm going to share this with you guys, if you are sitting there hounding yourself on how to make a brand, I have actually learned that your brand is what people say about you when you're not listening. Mm. So you can spend, i.e. me, months ago, (laughs) you could spend hours, days, weeks, months, sitting there trying to think of the most perfect blog name or the most perfect blog colors. Okay, cool. If you don't have a community and if you're not a great person, no one cares. Mm. You like, if it's a personal brand, you are your brand. So what you encompass, the message you share, that's your branding. It's not what you look like or it's not what your colors are on your blog. Like you told me the first thing you thought of when you looked at my Instagram page was adventure. And it's true. I love adventure and I personally view life as an adventure. And so to me, I just love hearing what people think of when they look at my page because the second you told me adventure, I was like, yes, (laughs) I I feel like that's what I embody. Just life is this crazy adventure and you just need to embrace it. And it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah, and it's cool. Like when you when you look at someone's profile and you say, "Okay, I'm only going to look at this person's profile for like three seconds," and I scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay, what did I think? What what stood out to me? You know, and that's that's like what I did, and I got that that vibe from you. And I think that, that that's a a really good way to connect with people as well, with with people as well. Like you can you can say, "Hey, here's the first impression I got from your stuff." People love hearing that. They love to know what is the energy that they're putting out into the world. And if, if it resonates, then they'll be like, yeah, you get me. And if it doesn't resonate, then they'll be like, oh, I need to change something because that's not at all – that wasn't my attention you know, to, to put that out. So I think it's, it's fascinating. 
And that was actually funny. You probably know this, but the three-second rule for Instagram. Mm. So um, people have three seconds, basically. It's just an average statistic to judge you. Mm. Like attention span is like three seconds. Yeah. That's it. I mean, people, if they don't like what they see, it's just that quick backbone. So going back a little bit to that branding, like you want to make sure you're, you're portraying that message that you want to give off. If you think you're this bright, vibrant, um, happy person, but you're posting these like dark, moody pictures, you want to make sure that you're aligned with what you're posting and what you're sharing with people because people do only have those three seconds to make a quick judgment of if they want to follow you or not follow you. That's powerful. So as far as like the vision for how you see Instagram being a part of people's businesses, what what do you see? Like what do you see the evolution of Instagram just based on how much you've been using it and coaching people? Like what do you see for the future in the next year or two? Yeah, that's actually an amazing question because I owe Instagram a lot, not in terms of money or anything like that. <laughs> I got to pay them every month. Or, uh, oh, absolutely <laughs> But the reason I'm so passionate about it is because it completely changed my life. And it's huge. So as a lot of you know, Facebook owns Instagram. And I do think in the coming years there will be some competing apps that will be coming out. Right now I don't think there's anything that's competing with it. The one thing that I would say I think is interesting and something to keep an eye out is you might have heard about it. Musically, it's now TikTok. Um, it's just straight videos, but with the up and coming statistics of videos, I mean, there's going to be a video platform that takes off. So you think about stories, how many people use Instagram stories, musically and TikTok is straight video and it's like unlimited amount of streaming. Honestly, it might be 10 minutes, but that's fine. Um, so I would just say that the next thing is going to be a video or a storytelling app because I know Instagram started off as a storytelling app. The founders have recently left because they didn't like how it was becoming super businessy and monetized. So I do think in the next few years we'll see a super big change, but right now I don't think there's anything super competing. I would just say, honestly, it will to build up a following on Musical.ly slash TikTok. And so that uh, TikTok is another, it's an emerging platform similar to, like, is it similar to YouTube? Is it, like, shorter videos? Is it, like, uh, Vine? Like, what would you say is it a comparable? I would say it's comparable to the setup of Vine, but you can do a lot longer videos. It's not just that short snippet. Um, right. and Six seconds you, or whatever. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. It just um, continues to scroll. And I actually wrote the number down the other day because I was doing research on how many people were on Musical.ly TikTok. Mm. But it's over 500 million. Wow. So I don't remember the exact number, but yes. Um, that was huge. And... The reason I know about this, I can't totally take credit. It was Gary Vee. I was listening to one of his podcasts, and he always says once something hits at least 50 million people on an app, to keep your eye on it mm. for upcoming times. Powerful. So that like you're totally researching and studying the the lay of the land, the app land. Um, you right now, I would say you're more like building your your personal brand and coaching people. I feel like with how 
smart you are and how like no how much you know about these different services, how much you research and stuff just based on this conversation and, and the conversation before, like I feel like your your strength is gonna be creating one of these platforms, one of these things or like, you know, creating something like this in the future. I think it's I just have a strong inclination that you're gonna lead the charge on, on a platform or something. It's, it's really cool. I would love to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. Oh my gosh, so cool. So, as far as the the sources of inspiration for you these days, you mentioned Gary Vee is a good you know podcast that you tuned into. Um, what else? What else do you feel like really inspires you and keeps you motivated and and on the in the know, so to speak? So I would say, just straight motivating is my parents really motivate me. Uh, growing up, we had money and it was life was fine but my dad's an entrepreneur and he's been working at the same store that he works at now since mm-hmm. he was 13 years old he started working there sweeping the floors now he owns it it's totally his store but i have seen the highest of highs and i've seen like the lowest of lows and i just like i want to succeed to help them as well so they're huge motivators and they honestly I'm ha- like, I feel like I'm half where I am because of them. My dad has always been like, go spread your wings. Like he doesn't care. He doesn't care about what society thinks. He just, as long as we are chasing our dreams and doing what we want, he is supportive a thousand and a million percent. And my mom is very helpful too. So she's like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But they're, they're seriously huge motivators. Like they're one of my biggest ones. Yeah. It's powerful. So your parents are a source of motivation. What about um, like educating yourself and researching? What do you what do you usually tap into, or what what motivates you to do that? Where do you go for that? So I love Gary V. Um, recently, I've actually been listening to Work Party podcast. I really enjoy that because it's a lot of creative entrepreneurship tips. And mm-hmm. I think of myself of I really am more of a visionary. The business side comes a it's more difficult for me. I feel like I'm big picture, huge vision. Great. Let's get this done. But then I need to pull myself back, plan my steps out. Okay. What needs to be achieved in the short term to get there. Um, so work party has been huge, creating full to me. I really do love them. And I love actually Jenna Kutcher is amazing. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's, it's really these creative entrepreneurs that I'm really drawn to. And I love all of the advice that they share. That's awesome. So cool. So cool. So Christy, if you had some parting words of wisdom to give to our audience as we begin to wrap up this interview, what would those be? What can they step into? Who can they become? What can they take action on? Well, you can become your greatest possible self. Yes. (laughs) Yes. By knowing that you have a dream and that you are totally meant to do whatever it is that you think you can do. Like if you have this dream, if you have this goal, it's so possible and if you're not totally sure how to achieve it, just hit me up. Like, slide into my DMs, seriously, or talk to Chris. Um, it's so possible. And I think just having a coach to help you break things down is huge. And if you don't have money for a coach or whatever your reason may be, like, Chris and I, we both have podcasts. We both have so much information available for you guys. Um, so you can always find me. I'm always on Instagram, at Christy Lee Berry. Uh, I'm sure it'll be in the show notes or it's on a flyer. And then my website is www.lifechristy.com. 